Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Did you know this, that you can exercise your faith no matter what? How many have ever been in a, a church service and, and, and the speaker just wasn't your speed? Have you, have you ever been in? I mean, not this one, of course. Just some, some other one somewhere, you know, okay? <laughs> but did you know, I learned over the years, you can actually just use your faith and engage the Holy Spirit, and I've gotten good things over and over. Because how many know it's not the person, it's the Holy Spirit ministering to you? And his word, the entrance of his word brings light. It brings understanding. So uh, this is something Brother Hagin taught us years ago, and it always stuck with me. He was in a service one time, and there was a minister ministering, and he was really coming against the word of faith. How many have ever heard of the word of faith? Okay, so it's, it's a movement like the Baptist, the Catholic, you know, all that stuff. There's, there's these different movements, okay? And people label them, but how many know the statement, the word of faith is something Paul said? Did you know that? It's in Romans. Go find it. All right, so, but anyway, uh, Brother Hagin shared this with us. He said, he said, never turn off a preacher, even if you know or you disagree with them. Now, I'm not saying you have to agree with everything that's said, but what he practiced was keeping an open heart. Now, that doesn't mean he let his shield of faith down and just accepted everything that was said, because you always weigh everything against the written word. But what he would do is keep his heart open, so he's in this service, and this minister is preaching along and teaching along, and he's saying things about faith and things like that that were completely opposite of what Brother Hagin taught. But he said, I, I was tempted to get, shut him off. He said, but I didn't. I kept my, I kept my uh, attitude right, my heart right, and I just kept listening. And he said, within 10 minutes, that minister answered a question he had had for 20 years concerning the Bible. And he took that. How many know you can eat the meat and spit the bones out? You can, okay, for, the, for those that are ranchers, you can eat the hay and spit out the sticks. All right? You don't, you don't have to take everything, but if, you'll, if you're hungry for God, which I believe I'm looking at hungry people, if you're hungry for God, he'll meet you where you're at. Aren't you thankful? You know what's so great about God? He knows your address and your cell phone number. Some people are like, I don't know if I like that. You do. You like that. He knows where you're at, and he knows how to talk to you in your language. Amen? So all you have to do is just use your faith, and he'll speak to you in your language. So we're in a series right now entitled Hear His Voice, and this is number 10. All right, so if you're just jumping in, you've got to go back and catch up. But I do want to do a little bit of review um, just about where we, kind of where we're coming from, and I want to just review over some of the points that we looked at. Now, these might not be 10 points, but realize we could spend maybe two weeks on one point, okay? So sometimes you have that. So we, when we opened this series, we talked about the importance of the Lord's pruning in our lives. How many realize that each of our, the, the Lord is called the vine dresser, right? He's called the husbandman. That's the, that's the King James version. That means he goes through our lives and cuts out dead things and live things. 
Amen? <laughs> Has anybody ever experienced that before? Do you know what I've found is more difficult for me? When he cuts off something live. Something that I like. Uh, and for me, it could be a little bit different than you, but something that I feel like, hey, there's actually some fruit here, and the Lord says to me, we're gonna cut that off because I want you to have more fruit on this limb, and that little offshoot right there is taking up nutrients that could be going to the rest of the tree. You know God thinks that way? And if we're gonna hear from him, and if we're gonna walk with him, and, and live in a place of maximum fruitfulness, we have to be able to embrace that kind of pruning. I, I was, when we first got into this a few weeks ago, um, I was talking to uh, Mike Hill about some of these things and he has a background where he did some landscape and stuff like that. And he was sharing with me that, that landscapers are those that take care of trees, bushes, things like that. You actually can cut a limb a particular direction, trim it, and actually t have it grow a direction based on the way you cut it. Isn't that interesting? I mean, to me, that just preaches God. So if, if what he created is that way, and he likens us to his vine, that we're branches off of Jesus, that means he will come into our lives and cut things a particular way and have us grow the way he desires us to grow. How many know that his full desire for every person is that they live in the fullness of Christ within them? I mean, that's, that's, that's basic, right? That's, that's Christianity 101. Your first call in life is to be conformed to the image of his son. When you're born again, that's the first thing. And then living from the reality of Christ within you and growing what we would call growing up spiritually. Then from there, you'll start to discover the things that God has called you to. How many are aware of just some general giftings in your life? You, you know, you can do like four people. We, we, might need to do a, we might need to do a sermon on that. But how many are aware? Like maybe, maybe you're pretty good with your hands. Like you're, you're, you're mechanical, you're whatever. Um, maybe you're pretty good with your mind. You like accounting, numbers, math, things like that. That is not me, by the way. I am not, I mean, I can think but I prefer to have my hands in something. You know what I mean? Um, maybe you're, you're pretty good at, uh, uh, um, I don't know, whatever it could be. Maybe you have great hand-eye coordination. How many sports came pretty easy to you growing up? A few of you. It just kind of simple came to you. Those are just some natural things that the Lord has given you that can be used once you grow up in Christ. So we're talking about hear his voice. So the first place we heard his voice was when we were born again. We heard him say, hey, I'm your shepherd. The enemy's not. Come follow me. And we said, yes, Lord, we'll come follow you. Then as we grow in that relationship with the Lord, he begins to develop the other areas of our life. How many know this? We get into trouble when we try to develop in one area before we develop in another. Did you know that one of the main things as a qualification for ministers is, it's actually character first. Because how many have seen levels of influence in leadership turn bad because of poor character in the leader? So we grow in these different areas. Well, God will lead us by his voice in different stages in our life through situations and things that we look at and we go, I don't know if I want to be here. 
I don't know, you know, he'll, have you ever done this over the years? I've done this now for uh, a few times because I've walked with the Lord long enough. You start seeing the father coming at you with pruning shears and you run. He starts dealing with you about things in your life and you go, oh, I don't know if I want to deal with the sting of that being cut off. But how many know this, that the Lord, and this is one of the things we looked at in John chapter 10, which I'm not going to go there, but you can look at it later. We know that Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. And the enemy came to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. Right? So when we follow the Lord, even if something is cut off and it's live, even though it hurts, what do I know is going to happen if I'm trusting him and he's true to the word? How many know he's true to his word? How many know in the spectrum of things, it's not him that needs to change? <laughs> it's me, right? I need to change. I need to grow up. I need to make adjustments to my life so that I can conform to him. Um, and so we know that if we follow what he says to us, what will come about in our lives? More fruitfulness. How many would like the fruit of peace to be just substantial in your life? I mean, and so much fruit of peace coming off you, people come to eat off your tree. You're like, we got, we got a bumper crop of peace around here. Because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. So how do I get that to take place? I have to engage in my relationship with him, hear his voice, and allow him to lead me the way that I'm supposed to go. Where does that come out of? That comes out of being plugged into the vine. In other words, I'm in fellowship with him. So the, part of the reason why this, this teaching is so important is because how many know there's a lot of voices vying for your attention? And if you think, if you, think you don't have enough voices, just have more kids. <laughs> they were like, we're past that age. Hey, look, Abraham and Sarah, they did it late. So you know, <laughs> I'm not saying you should do that. But just how many know this, that the longer you progress in your life, it seems like there's more and more to deal with and look at and have to take care. How many have heard the voice, the stranger voice of, you better do something about this. Or you got this going on, this going on, this going on, this going on. And the reality is, is that we are to cast all our care over on the Lord and hear from one voice, him. Well, people are not going to like me. I know that's part of maturing. Glory to God. Boy, that was a good statement right there. I think I'll just take that. I, I mean, that's, that's something that is a reality in my life. Well, if I do this, they may not like it. Well, they may not, but if the Lord said do it, amen, you just do it anyway. How many ever did something your kids didn't like? Hello. You know, you do something, you make a decision, you can tell on their face, oh, they don't like this. Well, if I'm a good parent, what do I do? The right thing, not what, what, not what they like. How many know the Lord's the exact same way? He'll do that, amen? Amen? He will. So we looked at that in John chapter 10. We gave definition to the shepherd's voice. We gave definition to the stranger's voice. And that's all found in John chapter 10, which would be great for you to go back and read. And then we looked at an example 
um, we, we started going into different stranger voices and we looked at an example in John chapter 21 concerning the life of Peter. Peter allowed the stranger voice of curiosity about the call and purpose of John. He allowed it to lead him in a direction that the Lord did not want him to go. When Peter asked Jesus about John, Jesus' response was, what is that to you? All right, let's go to John chapter 21. I want you to see this. So if you have your, uh, whatever you're doing, if you're doing a digital Bible or a regular Bible, turn to John chapter 21. I want you to see this. Because I want you to see what Jesus did. Jesus gave instruction to Peter about feeding the Lord's sheep. He said, this is what I want you to do, Peter. I've called you to feed my sheep and feed my lambs. And in the process of this, Peter, in verse 20, we see it says this, then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved. How many know that that statement is tied to John every time? So John never called himself by his first name. He just called himself the disciple Jesus loved. That's how he referred to himself. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? I think it's pretty cool. John did things like this. This is why I like John. He would write in, he wrote in his gospels for all eternity to know that he outran Peter to the, to the empty tomb. I like John. John's a fighter. Yeah, he's got competition in him. He's like, and the apostle, or the disciple Jesus loved outran Peter. <laughs> I love it. That's hilarious. They probably still joke about that in heaven right now. <clears throat> so anyway, it says this, it says, uh, uh, talking about John, it says that Peter turned around and, and saw this disciple who also had leaned on Jesus' chest at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? So in other words, he asked who Judas was. Verse 21 says, Peter seeing him said to Jesus, but Lord, what about this man? Verse 22, Jesus said to him, if I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? You what? You follow me. In other words, people say, well, you know, okay, well, I'll tie it in here. We're, we're doing two services. People say, well, all my friends are going to the first service. Yeah, but which one did the Lord tell you to go to? Whew. You know. Because the first few weeks that we did this service, it was like a few people here and a few people here. There wasn't as many as are here right now. But what difference does it make? What did the Lord say? Ooh, too deep? No, it just make you, just make you question, right? That, you know, uh, during the week, I, I send out the flock note, the email reviewing the service, and I'll put personal uh, uh, investigation questions in there. So if you read the questions, they'll make you cry. You say, why? Because they make me cry. You say, what do you mean? They're questions like, um, when I followed the stranger voice of self-desire and fleshly lusts, how did it affect my spouse? Whew. How did it affect my life? What impact did it have on me, but then also on those around me? Because see, if I follow a stranger voice, I'm giving an open door to stealing, killing, and destroying. But if I follow the shepherd's voice, I'm giving an open door to life and life more abundantly. Amen? So, so what's the issue here? Would Jesus tell you to mind your own business? 
There it is right there. Do you know this is a problem in the ministry? It is. Well, what's that, what's that pastor doing over there? I'm going to do what they're doing. But what if God doesn't want you to do that? Now, that's just for me, right? <laughs> that's for me, right? Because you know this, it's, it's, uh, it, it takes faith to step out on the water when nobody else will. What if I drown? Well, the Lord will pick me up. Thankfully, God isn't like, you know, drink some more salt water. You'll learn not to do that. <laughs> he just picks me up, right? So when we're following the Lord, the Lord may have you do something different than what the culture's doing. Do you know I'm not against sports? Do you know I'm not against hunting? I'm not against fishing. I'm not against uh, all the things that we are blessed to be able to do in this nation. I'm not against them. I'm against them being our God. Well, everybody else's kid is doing this, so... What were you told to do? <laughs> Glory to God. Well, everybody else is investing in this particular thing. So what? What were you told to You say, preacher, that's going to take time. Yep, you're right, it will. It will require something of me. I say it this way because the Holy Spirit has said it to us this way many times. Spiritual maturity requires personal responsibility. Spiritual maturity requires what? Personal responsibility. So we got to watch out for the, the, the curiosity voice, the stranger voice of curiosity. The Lord may answer you and say, no, you're not supposed to do that. Or he may say, yeah, you're supposed to connect with that. What's the point? The point is we need to hear from him. You need to hear from him. Well, I have a friend who had a son or a daughter and they went off and they backslid and they didn't do what they were supposed to and my friend fasted and prayed for 21 days or they only did a certain, and drank water, they didn't eat meat, they ate vegetables, they did the Daniel fast. And their child came back. And I tried that and it didn't work. Do you know why? Because the Lord didn't tell you to do that. Oh, glory to God. Are we having fun yet? Boy, I am. I think this is the one we're going to post, Josh. I like this one. <laughs> I am learning a lot. In other words, what's the point? Hear his voice. Come on, I'm from the faith camp. We declare. I'm going to declare. We're going to declare. We're going to blab it and grab it. We're going to name it and frame it. We're going to confess it and possess it. I've heard them all. I could go on for a while. But if the Lord says, no, I want you to, hello. Well, I'm going to grab my favorite scripture in these situations. Nothing necessarily essentially wrong with that. How many know you're not making a bad move if you go to the word first? But how about you hear from the Lord? So Brother Hagen would say things to us like this, which I don't hear a lot of today. That's why I listen. I have all his teachings on CD, and I go back to him. He would say this. This is a guy who understand, understood divine healing. He was healed, and he had a lot of people healed in his ministry. 
Whenever he was dealing with the situation, he said he'd go back to the scriptures and read the scriptures on that subject. And then he would wait before the Lord to see what the Lord wanted him to do. Well, that takes more time than I'm just gonna jump up in the name of Jesus. How many know sometimes in emergencies you got stuff going on, right? But what we try to do many times instead of hearing from him is falling into a pattern of religiosity even though we are the spirit-filled camp. And it can be dangerous. We need to hear from. Have you ever heard from the Lord and thought, that is weird, Lord. I don't want to do that. But then it worked. Amen. That's so, it, it, it just, the Lord desires so much. So another stranger voice we looked at was zeal for God can be a stranger voice. And we went into Acts chapter 16 and we looked at where the Holy Spirit actually forbid Paul to preach the gospel in places. Now doesn't that seem a little bit counterintuitive? Especially since in Mark 16, Jesus said to go into all the world and preach the gospel. We talked about the stranger voice of zeal for God. In other words, in, in Paul seeking where to go and where to preach, the Lord actually told Paul, don't go to these places, I want you to go to these places. Some people would call that blasphemous. But the reality is the Lord has something specific for you. Do you see what the Lord's doing in all of this? He's making the relationship and the fellowship individual so that you cannot put your armor on David. Okay, let me say it this way. Saul tried to put his armor on David. Saul had to basically ended up having David fight a fight that was his. Well, I don't know if I want that much responsibility. Well, then you're going to suffer the loss of lack of fellowship. Now, I'm not saying you won't go to heaven. You will. You might even get there early. Amen? The Holy Spirit will speak to you concerning your life. God knows you so well that he actually planned your whole life before you ever got here. And if we will engage with him and be in fellowship with him consistently, your life five years from now can look totally different. What you're doing right now where you're bumping along through life, just kind of living, but don't really feel like you're fulfilling anything can be completely changed. Do you know I don't feel that way? At all. I know I'm doing, you know what I know what I'm, I know I'm doing the exact thing that I'm called to do. I know I am doing exactly what I am called to do. And it's, it's, it's growing the, 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 the place that I'm supposed to, the, the, and the things that I'm supposed to, I'm understanding more and more and more and more. How is that possible? Because I didn't chase my desires. I tried it for a while until I was about 19, then I'm like, this is killing me. So I gave my heart to Jesus, that was easier. And then from there began this path that I began to follow. I'm not saying I did it perfectly, but I did it intentionally. And I kept, and if I get off, I get back on. If I get off, I get back on. And I kept following the Lord, following the Lord, pursuing him, pursuing him. While others were pursuing other things, thinking about other things, I kept pursuing the Lord, pursuing the Lord. Not just, not just in the sense of, okay, um, 
You know, sometimes people think, well, what are you saying? I have to lock myself in a closet for, you know, 20 hours a day? That's not what I'm saying. Just inside of me, in my heart, all day, every day, I'm going, Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? Listen, I do this in a crowd. I do this when I'm at a, a Christmas dinner. I do this when I'm at Thanksgiving dinner. I, I, what, you say, what do you mean? My heart is toward him, even if my actions are stupid. And anybody been trapped by the spirit of stupid before? You, <clears throat> it got a hold of you and you're like, you know, you, you say and have done, done, I've done so many stupid things, but my heart is toward him. And since I've followed that, I know I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to do. I know, like Paul, I'm on the path that I'm supposed to be on. How many have ever read that about Paul? He says, he says there is laid up for me. He, he made statements like this. I have finished my, what? Can you say that? Because you're supposed to be able to. That wasn't just for the apostle Paul. That was for each of us. So then what must I do? I must make adjustments, I must make changes in my life that continually put me in line. How many have ever seen a tuning fork before? You hit one side of that fork, what happens with the other side? It catches up to the vibration of the other, right? That's what our lives are supposed to be like. We're supposed to be on one side, the Lord is vibrating and making a noise on the other, and we're supposed to get ourselves in line with his purpose. And then as we live our life daily, the, the things that we were looking for to satisfy our inner desires, they don't matter anymore, the natural things. We go, oh Lord, to know you and the power of your resurrection, this is my desire. Paul made statements like this, it is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Think about the grace that he was functioning in to such a degree, so intertwined with the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ that he walked through his whole life and even at the end was beheaded, but he knew that this was the will of God for his life all the way into eternity. He had already made up his mind and set his course to an eternal compass that nothing in the natural could turn him off of. That is hearing his you know, people think, well, I'm not called to be a preacher. You're exactly right. You should thank God you're not called to be a preacher. But what are you called to? You're called to be a father, a mother, a dad. Come on. A husband, a wife. You're called to be, you're called to work construction. You're called to, you're not called to sit and watch Fox News all day. <laughs> I heard, I see some people, I ain't watching that anyway. <laughs> or whatever. People say, well, I got a lot of time on my hand. Maybe the Lord's asking you to pray for this city. Well, I've got work to do. Well, you're around people. Do they need Jesus? Well, I'm retired. You know, I kind of do what I want. That's actually counter to the gospel. A disciple is one. Jesus said this. He said, you have to love me above everybody and love me above yourself. Whew. Do you know what this, this kind of teaching does? It forces us into a, an analysis of our lives and so you don't get a lot of amens and yip yips. But I do get a lot of thinking looks. 
And that is what the Lord is after. He is after it. When I was down at the rally, we looked at some other stranger voices in this process. When I was down at the rally, I was talking about the importance of, we went back to the basics and I was preaching. I was talking about the importance of giving up your life for the Lord. Well, I don't get to do what I want. You're exactly right. Congratulations. You have figured out what Christianity is. Well, I thought it was when I could go to heaven when I died. That is it. But while you're here, you get to live dead. <laughs> oh, you know what's so great about it? This is what people don't realize. It's the secret code to joy unspeakable and full of glory. It's the passcode. Come on, it's up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, select, start. In case you don't know what that is, that's how you get unlimited lives in Contra from, on Nintendo. <laughs> how many played Contra? Man, I played a lot of Contra. It was a war game, right? What was that? That was the passcode to unlimited lives. What is the passcode to a limitless life? It's obedience to him. Glory to God. How many tried it your own way and you go, oh, I did not like that. Ooh, I'd rather do it Jesus way. But you know this, your head and the flesh are gonna fight you and so's the enemy. And, and your family will help you. I mean, they'll help the enemy. They will. They'll go, I'm not sure if you should do that. I mean, that's really going to cost you. Yeah, well, it really cost Jesus to save me. So it's my duty to bondservant to him. And a bondservant is what? Someone who gives up their will for the will of another. The will of another. All right. So what other stranger voice did we look at? So we looked at the stranger voice of zeal. In other words, you could just be so zealous for the Lord, you're doing everything you want to do instead of waiting on him. We discovered that the voice of our family can be a stranger voice. How many have recognized that? How many, have, how many, think you're, how many have family members that think they know better for you than God does? Okay? So you need to go ahead and not, you don't have to be rude to them. Yeah, how many know you still have the fruit of the spirit you need to operate in? But you need to go, uh-uh, I'm not listening to that. The Bible says, the Lord said, and you need to follow what the Lord says. Well, they're not going to like me. What a great opportunity for you to develop your self-esteem in Christ rather than in them. Amen. That was a good word. That's a really good word. All right? So the last thing that we discovered, two more things that we discovered, we discovered that the world system can be a stranger voice in our lives. How many know that? Paul said, this Demas has abandoned me for the love of this world. Demas was a minister with the apostle Paul, and he abandoned Paul. How many of you that are saved, you look at the life of Paul and you go, man, I wish I could have seen that. But yet the same pull in that day is available today. And it will actually suck you right out of the will of God. It'll pull you right out of it. If you allow it to, to become a stranger voice. Then lastly, we looked at the stranger voices that can be in the church. How many of you know Peter looked at Jesus after Jesus got done declaring that he was going to be crucified? Peter looked at him and said, no, Lord, far, this, far, that, far be it from you. And Jesus looked at Peter and said, get thee behind me. He said this, because you mind the things of men and not the things of God. In other words, I can end up following a stranger voice if I meditate on the things of men rather than God. And then lastly today, I want to look at this. 
the stranger voice of the soul and the desire. So Philippians chapter two. I don't know where I'm at on my time frame, Josh, did our computer crash or something? No time frame, that's right. We can go forever. There's no service after this one. I'm just teasing you, mostly. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. I have my clock right here. Okay, it's 1223. We got a few minutes. All right. The last, so this morning, to wrap this up, I want to put this into you. The stranger, here's a stranger voice. It's the stranger voice of the soul and the flesh, or you could say this, the stranger voice of personal desires. Do you know you can actually desire something that God does not want you to desire? Okay, now I want to show you this. This is in Philippians chapter two, starting in verse number 19. And it says this. It says, but I trust in the Lord. This is Paul writing to the church uh, in the, at Philippi. And he says this, I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you shortly, that I also may be encouraged when I know your state. So Paul is going, look, I want to know what's going on in the church at Philippi, so I'm going to send one of my co-ministers with you. Why are you going to send them, Paul? Verse 20 says, for I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state. In other words, what do we know about Timothy? Timothy thinks about others before himself. Do you see that? Timothy is not thinking about his comfort. He's thinking about the state of the church at at Philippi. So when, when Paul goes to Timothy and says, Timothy, I need you to do something, Paul knows this about Timothy. Timothy won't go, let me check my schedule and see if I can make room for God. Amen. Now, now this is where this gets really uh, painful for our flesh. Oh, good. I got 38 minutes. It just reload. I'm just teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. <clears throat> we have a timer back there, just so you know, that is counting me down to the end of the service. They had to put me on a leash so that we could do two services. <laughs> yeah, just ignore it right now. So what, what is Paul? Now, now, hear me, hear me, hear me. When God taps you on the shoulder, does God know that he's going to get excuses or answers? Okay, okay, let, let me help you because this is, this is where we're all at. We're all, this, this question will never end, just so you know. Because how many have realized that your flesh wakes up every morning with you? Amen? So when God says, hey, Sean, I need you to... And I go, well, Lord, I already had this planned. Which am I going to choose? Come on. This is where freedom is. This is where freedom is. Do, what, what does Paul know about Timothy? Paul knows that Timothy will sacrifice his own for the gospel for the sake of another. How many realize this, that God's not gonna lead you to hurt your family? Do you realize that? But see, this is what we do as humans because we lack faith and we lack understanding concerning the scripture. We think, if I give this to God, then I won't be able to do for my kids. Where God says, if you do that for me, I will Matthew 6, 33, your life. In other words, if I seek ye first the kingdom of God 
and his righteousness, he says this, Sean, I'll jump into the middle of the mess you made and clean it up like that. Ooh, how many are like me? You've made a mess of things sometimes. I, may, I can make a mess, man. Just give me time. If I get over into my flesh and into my soul, I can cause major problems. And so can you. But what does Paul know about Timothy? He knows that Timothy is going to, he has an, Timothy has enough spiritual maturity to set aside his emotion and the desire of, or his feelings, his flesh and his emotions. He knows he has enough spiritual maturity. He's developed enough in the Lord to where he can dominate those things, go over to the church at Philippi and genuinely care for their state through the love of Christ flowing through him. Whew. Boy, thank you, Lord, for that. That helps me understand that even more. In other words, how many have places that you have to go but you don't like to go? Lots of honest hands on that one. You know you have to go there. How many have a job? You're like, I'd rather not. <laughs> I'm talking about naturally. You just rather not do it. But if you go because the Lord tells you, now you've stepped out of the realm of the natural into the realm of empowered by grace. And now you're not just going to work. You're going to work with kingdom empowerment. You're not just going to the family reunion or the family dinner going, oh my goodness, I gotta deal with this person. You're going with, Lord, I thank you that you live in me, that greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world, that I can overcome any situation. And Father, I'm believing you that you are going to emanate through me into this person's life and touch them and minister to them. Do you see how hearing from him changes the perspective? It transforms the way you think. You know, everybody has somebody in their family, their work, their relative, whatever, where it just, the relationship is not great. You just don't get along with them great. It happens in the church. It happens everywhere. And if you don't know who that person is, it's you. <laughs> you understand? You understand what I'm saying? In other words, we're always going to have situations where we're going to have to set aside the soul, how we emotionally feel, and set aside the flesh in that situation and begin to engage the spirit of the resurrection. In other words, God is not looking to condemn people to hell. He's looking to rescue them out. Come on, what did Jude say? He said, listen, some of these people, you're gonna have to be, you're gonna be pulling them out of the flames, despising even the clothing they're wearing. Now, what is that? That is tremendous love. That is love that is supernatural. It's beyond what you could conjure in your emotion for a person. And this is where God wants the body of Christ to live, not to visit. Do you see that? In other words, your desires are not top. God's desires are. If God needs Timothy 
Not, you know, it's not like Paul gave Timothy, it's not like he said, now Timothy, pray about this. He just sent him. Why? He was called to preach with Paul. Whatever is needed, is needed. Do you fight your boss if you have to do a job that you weren't hired for? Ooh, I know. This is definitely the one we're posting. I like this one a lot. (laughs) But see, what if I do it? What if my boss knows? If I ask him to do it, they're going to do it. And they're going to do it right away. And they're going to do it in a a happy way. We used to tell our kids this. (laughs) You're going to do it right away and in a happy way. How many have noticed you can adjust your attitude quick? (laughs) We can. Why? We're empowered. You have the ability within you. How do you have the ability within you? Look at this. Think about this scripture with me. How many have heard this scripture? I'm going to quote it. You'll remember it. It says, for the joy that was set before him, what did Christ do? He endured the cross. You can do that too. You have it in you to be able to endure the cross. You can love at the expense of you. Yes. And people go, well, that's not really a miracle. That is one of the greatest miracles. If you can patiently love and endure for a long time, while somebody is berailing you and hating you, and and you know they don't even understand why they're doing it. They're just full of hate. And you just give anyway, but you're not looking to them to reciprocate. You're looking to the Lord for empowerment, and this is where your source is. That is supernatural strength. How many know the world can love those who love them? It takes supernatural power to love somebody who hates you. Amen. And you have that ability in you. I have that ability in me. I have not arrived, but I left. Amen. How many are growing? You're like, I'm growing. Yeah, I mean, you should just say, if you're a believer, you should say consistently, thank you, Lord, that I'm growing. I am growing up. I was a big old baby, Lord, but I'm moving on from diapers to regulars. You know what I mean? It's like, I am going to love people. I am going to be kind and patient. And Lord, when you tap me on the shoulder and you say, I want you to do this for this person. And you go, well, I don't even know if I like that person. You don't even ask that. You just go, yes, sir. I'm glad to do it for you, Lord. Thank you. I'm going to go do it. Because I love you. And I want to serve your people. And I want to serve them well. Do you know your marriage will be heaven on earth if you live this way? It will. You're just trying to outdo each other in love all day long. I'm not talking about the romantic thing the world lies about that says they'll make it work. I'm talking about 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient and kind. Love takes no account of a wrong suffered. Do you know what they did to me? Probably what you did to them. (laughs) What if God treated me that way? I'm going to treat you, Sean, the way you treated me. Oh, I'm dead. It's over. 
you might as well get me a pine box right now. Pull the key for the room in hell because that's where I'm going. But he didn't do that and he placed a different nature in us. So why do I feel like that's not it? Because our minds are unrenewed and our flesh is out of control. But within you is a champion that can dominate your flesh and your soul. His name is Jesus Christ. He has conquered everything that hell had. Amen? Let me finish reading this and then we'll stop. It says this in verse 20. He says again, for I have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state. Verse 21 says, for all seek their own and not the things which are of Christ Jesus. Do you see what causes the problem? What causes the problem? When we seek our own and not the things that are of Christ Jesus. Now, listen to me. I'm in no way, say, I'm in no way shape, or form saying that you can't go do things that you like to do. I do stuff that I want to do. What I am saying is, is that in the rank of desires in my life and planning, God is at the top of the, the, the he's, he's at the pinnacle, he's on the throne. Everything else falls down lower. Well, what if, what if uh, I had a desire to do something, the Lord tells me to do something different? We then have the opportunity to make a decision. Am I going to follow the Lord or am I going to follow my own desires? Now, what I've found out about the Lord is, if I'll do what he wants first, he makes what I want even better. I'm not joking. He is just that way. And I'm not saying I earned it. Christ earned it for me. I'm saying I stepped into it by faith through obedience. Amen? Amen? How many know that if you give God the first, his blessing then is released to the rest? Now, I'm not just talking about money. It's in every area. If you'll give God first place and, and root out the stranger voices, God will take care of you. He will take care of you. Amen? Well, I want to give people an opportunity to receive Christ. If they haven't, every head bowed, every eye closed, if you would. I, I just want to give people an opportunity to receive Christ if they haven't. Just because your eternity is so important. There is, uh, there's nothing more important than the, the longest thing. This, how many know this? As you're listening, and those listening online, everything that we do in this life is the shortest thing we'll ever do. Because we are eternal beings. That means that we are gonna spend eternity in one place or another, either with the Lord in heaven or with our enemy in hell. And so I don't want anybody to go to hell. And so if you're watching right now online, I wanna share this with you. God loves us and doesn't want us to perish. We know this from John 3, 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but he sent his son into the world that we might be saved through him. We know this, that all people have sinned and sin is what causes separation from God. Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody is in the same boat without Christ. 
We know this, that heaven is a free gift. You can't earn it or deserve it. So you're not gonna do enough good to get to heaven. You have to receive the one who took the penalty of sin, which is Jesus Christ, and gave you his righteousness. That's the only way. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And then we know this, God wanted us back together with him so bad that he sent Jesus to die for us. We know from uh, Romans 5, verse 8 and 9, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So we are justified then as we believe in the penalty that he paid through his shed blood. We receive God's forgiveness through faith by trusting in Christ. Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So you can place your faith in Jesus and receive God's gift of eternal life right now. If you'd like to receive Jesus, I'd like you to raise your hand so that we can pray with you. If there's anybody here, I'll pray with you. And then if you're watching online, uh, if you'll just type yes in the comments and then do a hand emoji. We'll take that as you're ready to receive Christ. So I'm gonna wait here for about 30 seconds because there's a little bit of a delay for the live stream. I don't see anybody in the room right now, which is a good sign. It means you're all going to heaven with me. Hallelujah. Do we see anybody, Michael? Of course, have I waited 30 seconds? <laughs> I don't know if I have or not. Praise God. Well, we'll call it. If you, uh, I know afterwards, like last week, you guys can all look at me if you'd like. If you don't want to look at me, that's fine too. But uh, last week when we, we ended the service and uh, afterwards Jackie comes up to me. We actually had this happen a couple of times. And she said, somebody put their hand on the, we've seen people, like two or three people saved on the internet uh, in the last few weeks. <clears throat> That's why I always like people to share the live stream. Because you never know any of your friends unsaved. Do you have any un unsaved friends on Facebook? I'll preach to them if you'll let me. <laughs> I'll go on there and preach if you share it. You know, I, I want to say this. Make up your mind within yourself. I know you're all listening. I know you're all hearing. And I know this is, these, these teachings cause us to think. You need to wrestle with these things between you and the Lord. And ask questions. Lord, what are you showing me here? You know, sometimes we have this idea about uh, church and ministries and things and there's so many negative things that go around but our heart here is this that you know the Lord for you not that you try to you know sometimes people have a religious background they think why well, I got to get Sean the priest to go to the Lord for me I'm not a priest okay and you don't need a human mediator you have Jesus Christ now you should respect the offices. I'm not saying that you shouldn't respect the offices if they're really anointed. I'm not talking about religious systems. You don't need to confess your sin to me. I don't wanna know. You need to go to the Lord. And our heart's desire is that you 
have such fellowship with him that when a stranger voice comes in, you go, no, 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 that ain't the shepherd. I'm not following that. But how many have noticed that the Lord cares more about our freedom and fellowship with him than he does our flesh and our natural comfort? Ooh, man, it's just like that. The closer you get to Jesus, the more you will not have, you won't carry so much care and desire about your own life. You'll let it go. You'll let it go. You'll, you, won't, you won't pursue a job based on your desire to provide. You'll pursue a job on your desire, your understanding that let him steal, let whom who stole steal no more, but rather work with his hands that he may have something to give. You won't just think about a pension, you'll think about eternity. And this is total freedom in him because you'll realize that nobody can pension you better than God. Amen? I mean, God can take care of you. And I'm not talking about the lottery. <laughs> but what is the design? We are to develop in our faith. I want a church so full of people that know God that they are just wrecking they're a wrecking ball to the devil everywhere they go. They don't, they don't, they're not, they're not like, we have respect and honor for one another, but it isn't about, oh, that church over there. It's about, look who's in us. We are the carriers of the kingdom. That is the purpose of the ministry gifts. That's the purpose. And I'm looking at people that live that way. You, you say, well, that's a faith statement with me. Fine, let it be. I'll keep declaring it over you. You keep coming. And you will see it and you will fulfill it because we pray around here and our prayers get answered. They get answered. And God will show you who you are. And people will go, I used to know that person. They were insecure and timid. And look at how bold they are. What happened? And you say, come on, we'll help you. You just got to get in the family. You just got to find out who you are in Christ. And you'll quit living insecure and afraid. And you'll begin to dominate the enemy in your life. And the, and the trajectory of your family will change completely from generation to generation. My kids are going to do more for God than I ever will. And I'm, and I'm not even done. I'm get, just getting into third gear. But they are going to do way more and they're going to do a way better job. So if you don't like me as, a, as the minister, just hang around for 20 years. We'll get you another one. <laughs> and they're going to be better off. They're going to be better. It's going to be, it's going to be stronger in every way. And I'm going to do like Paul said. I've run my race. I've finished my course. I'm out because I'm working from eternity backwards, not the other way around. Whew, I could feel the fire I got on that one. I needed that one. All right, so if you need prayer for anything, we have prayer workers available. If you need healing in your body, never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, whatever it is, there are workers available. Please come get prayer. If not, bless you guys, good to see you. We'll see you next week. Don't forget about youth group on Wednesday night.
thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.